Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCorsi here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's up, man? I'm excited. Um, I'm interested to find out why. Because I'm in my prime. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I figured today's topic was was pretty relevant because, you know, you just had a birthday. I recently had one as well. And, uh, well, today we're going to talk about, am I too old for this? Well, we're in our prime because our, our ages are prime numbers. I guess that's true. I'm 37 and you're 73. No, I'm 43. <laughs> But still, that is a prime number, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we're in our prime. Wow, I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about that. But you know, the topic today is discussing, does an entrepreneur's age matter? And I think that um, a lot of us have been trained to think that, you know, here at 43, I'm this dinosaur. And honestly, I kind of feel like it sometimes, but I'm not really sure why. I think it's because I've been conditioned to uh, watch shows like Silicon Valley and stuff like that. And, you know, when they talk to the guy that's 31, you know, it's like he's in a wheelchair in a geriatric case. But there's a little bit of information and data out there that says that maybe that isn't the case. How do you feel about that, Matt? So you think maybe my 19 years of experience as a software developer might be valuable for a startup? Yeah, it's possible. Maybe, yeah, Maybe that age has something that's valuable. Well, all right. So a little backstory here on how this episode came to be. So I was reading this article that was published from Northwestern University, and it was talking about age and experience and knowledge and accessible funds. But the fact that the sweet spot for a successful founder is actually in the mid 40s. And there's some reasons for that, which I just mentioned, experience, knowledge, and maybe having a couple bucks to get things off the ground. So, yeah, I think it's possible that your 19 years of experience and your vast uh, financial resources may have something to do with your ability to get something off the ground. I'm not sure if all of that has everything to do with whether or not you're going to lead yourself to this massive exit. But still, I think that there's a lot of validity to that. So... I think there's a few reasons. There's potentially industry experience. Mm -hmm. You've worked in industry for a long time. You understand the industry. You understand the problems that need to be solved. You're willing to make the jump to be an entrepreneur or solve that problem, right? When you're 20 years old, you, let's just face it, you don't know anything. Right. But when you're 37, 43, so you've, you've seen a few things. You've worked in the car industry for a while. You've, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, I think that's definitely a reason. Um, the idea that you've had a job for a while, like uh, one of our entrepreneurs we've had here, she worked at GE for a while. She made a lot of money at GE. She might be able to save some of that money and then take the leap of faith of being an entrepreneur because she's able to save some money. Sure. Right? I think the experience thing is probably the one that's kind of paramount. Um, when you're younger, you definitely have... I, I don't know if I want to say I have more or less drive. I think I've had the drive the whole time. It's the matter of how I use it. Well, I they have think, nothing to lose. Right. I mean, we have a wife and kids and a mortgage and all this kind of crap, right? When you're 20 and you live with your parents and you're in college, it's like, whatever. You know, you can strike out all day yeah. and you're kind of right back right. where you started. And, you know, I think that the, it, that is actually something that would prohibit people our age 
from jumping into a startup is that whole concept of like, oh man, um, I've got a lot to lose here. But at the same time, that can also be a motivating factor. There's too much risk. Yeah, absolutely. You can't lose. You right. can't. You can't fail. I mean, I think that's probably the way I feel any day of the week. You know, it's just like failure isn't really an option when it comes to the big picture. Sure, I'm going to fail a lot just in regular things. I think anybody that tries new stuff will. But you know, so, so we're sitting here and we're talking about you know some of this this study and the, the age that it shows, but. Some of the world's most popular and well-known companies actually had founders that were really young. Uh, Zuckerberg at 20, Gates at 20, Jobs at 21, um, Page and Bren of Google at 25. So I'm a little confused because if I get up into the older numbers, Sam Walton and Ray Kroc of McDonald's were 44 and 53 when they started. So I wonder if this is a tech thing or if it's something different. Um, you know, I think let's kind of roll into this, this next uh, part of this. You know, when you're young, it's sometimes it's difficult to lead. And mm-hmm. I think that that has a lot to do with your ability to sometimes command respect. Do you think that respect is something that is earned or is it just something that should come automatically with you and your team? I, mean, I think we should definitely respect our elders and, and people of age, right? I mean, I, I think... Why are you so rude to me every day? Well, because you, you earn it. But you know, when it comes to leadership in the workplace, I think a lot of it comes to um, just leading by example. And, and people that are really smart, people just want to follow and be attributed to people that are really smart at what they do, whatever their age is. I agree with you on that. I think that respect has got to be earned. Um, and, you know, leadership is something, it's it's difficult to appoint a leader. You know, you can take a large group of people and you can say, you, you're the leader. That doesn't necessarily mean that's who's going to end up being the actual leader. You know, a lot of times leadership is something that happens organically. I think that it's one of the, you know, I think that's something that probably comes with age as well. I think that as I've aged, I've learned a little more about leadership. I think I've got, you know, for example, all right, so it's in my early 30s. And that's when I started my first real business that I did full time. I was always kind of, you know, I always kind of had some kind of hustle. But, um, you know, I found myself in those early years, oftentimes frustrated and, you know, I just couldn't really understand why everyone didn't want to do things as much or as as well as I did or, you know, different different reasons for, you know, finding frustration with my team. And then I think it was a few years into that when I kind of resolved myself to the fact that no one was going to care as much about my business as I did. Um, and that actually was a good revelation for me because it helped me lead and it like let me understand that you know people are going to do things you're going to get as much out of someone as they were willing to give so it became about trying to find the right people and doing stuff like that and you know going back to the respect thing um i think you're right i think that respecting people that are good at what they do is easy to do and it's you know regardless of someone is 43 or 23 if they're good at what they do it's easy to admire that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and I think that's something, you know, we run into with our, you know, our current thing at full scale, um, you know, where we help development teams, help growing businesses, build development teams faster. We look more at the results that our team members give than whether they have 15 years of experience. Like, you know, we have a lot of, we, we identified a lot of people that had talent young mm-hmm. 
And, you know, we've got some people on our team that are what in their early 20s and they produce results maybe at a, at a higher rate than some of the older folks. But then we also see that the other way around where that experience and wisdom kind of helps um, guide a whole team or, you know, whatever. So, well, I think, I think in regards to tech in general, people kind of see it as a, you know, young men and women's kind of game. Right. And I think part of that is you go back 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. There were people working in tech, but compared to today, there's 10 X more people, right. Or 50 X more people. Uh, It's, um, it's kind of a generational change where like our grandparents or whatever didn't, they didn't, that's not what they did. They did something else. We're now, we're pushing all of our kids to do this. So there's a massive influx of more people and talent but in despite, the space. But despite, that, we're younger. but despite that, there's a huge talent shortage. There I mean, is. There's not, a huge not just in the United States, worldwide. That actually led to us starting a business. It did. So if ever... Yeah, I was talking to my developers here in Kansas City. They get contacted by IT recruiters every single day. Wow. I even did a little poll on LinkedIn, and that was like overwhelming response, like multiple times a day, phone calls, emails, LinkedIn messages. Just, there's not enough of them. So that kind of goes against that whole concept that everybody that is, you know, in their twenties or in this, you know, millennial age group is into tech. Cause I don't see it. There's more than there was in the previous generation. Sure, sure. And there's still not enough. Now, you know, I can look back. I remember literally getting our family getting a fir- our first PC. Yeah. That was the IBM PC Junior. That's when floppy disks were still floppy. That's what got me into tech. Right. And so that probably happened when I before I was 10. Mm-hmm. Now, I see the gap there because there was a lot of people in the workplace that literally never even used a computer. Yep. At that point, but now you know it's it's a completely different story. So, do you think that the younger generation has better ideas? You know, the, one of the things about younger people that are starting a business is they don't know what they don't know, but that can be a positive thing, right? Some people meaning get like old and to- they get set in their ways of like this is the way that something has to be done. So you think and if, sometimes they, don't, the if younger they don't know, people, they find better or different solutions? I think sometimes that's the benefit of, of the youth, right? Like they don't know that there's a shitty way of doing things that it's always been done. They're like, they're willing to buck that trend, right? They're like, no. <laughs> Where the older people are like, ah, oh, this is the way we've always done it. Do you think that there's an opportunity cost or anything that comes with that? Like, you know, some, one of the things that I think is important about experience and, you know, you can take yourself back to like fourth grade history class and they say, the reason we teach history is so we can learn from the mistakes of the past. Do you think that that like, do you think that experience can, you know, the lack of experience can lead to a more cavalier attitude? I, I, I think I agree with you a little more along the lines of like finding newer solutions, not being stuck in that old mold. Right. I think it takes it takes a mixture, and th- and that's what's great about building a team is having people that are have all those the the diverse background, age, everything. Right? It, it's people that understand understand like when I was in the car business, it's people under, understand the car business the way it's always been done, but then also having people that are willing to fight against that and change it. Hmm. Right? I think it, it takes the mixture of the two. So I've always felt that in your professional life, you have three phases. You have your learning years your earning years, and then your yearning years. So your learning years are obviously, you know, right out of school or whenever you start as a professional. And those are the, 
you know, those are your kind of formative years. That's where you're getting started. Your earning years is when you're in your wheelhouse. You know, that's when you're really on point. You're really doing what you do. And then inevitably, a lot of us turn into that fat dog that doesn't want to hunt. You know, we've, we've gone out, we've made some money. We're getting a little older. We're starting to think we're yearning for retirement. Or There's nothing wrong with that. Different. No, I, I agree. But um, I think that what I'm seeing is a shrinking of the learning years, a stretch period of the earning years. And then maybe that might pinch down a little bit. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny to think about like, when are your yearning years? I mean, at 43, I feel like I'm just getting started on so many days. Like You're in your prime. I, apparently, according to these numbers, I am. And, you know, I'm going to be telling people that a lot lately because, I mean, I know that when I sent you a, a birthday message on Saturday, you replied by saying, I'm still not as old as you, old man. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently there's a little more respect that needs to occur. Um, I think that the big thing here is, that shouldn't be overlooked is the whole capital. Right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's be realistic. Um, but it's the balance of do you need capital or do you need to reduce your expenses, right? If you're 20 and you live in your grandma, your mother's basement, you don't need a lot of capital either. Right. But First, there have, still needs to be some that exists. Yeah. Like when I was 25, I, I didn't have two nickels to rub together on a lot of days. You know, I mean, that was when I was just finally starting to make some money. And, you know, 25, man, that might be a dinosaur compared to some of these numbers. But, you know, I wasn't able to to sit back and, and say, okay, I'm going to start something. I'm going to just rely on the money I have in my bank to get me through things. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think another thing too, is just simple uh, metrics that go with money. Like when you're 35 or 40, you've had more time to build good credit. You might have credit cards or other things or assets that you can start to lean on and leverage to getting, you know, now that can also be a dangerous economy, but at least you've got the option. Uh, what I mean, we run into this all the time, but we've had several meetings over the last month. People come in here and they want to talk to us about our services or our input and say, well, what kind of capital do you have? So I've got 3000 bucks. Good luck. Better finding technical co-founder. Yeah. And still good luck because yeah. that's hard to even like pay a server bill or something like that. I mean, yep. it kind of starts to run kind of, kind of uh, thin there. So, with that, the lack of capital and the lack of experience, do you think it makes it harder for younger entrepreneurs to get meetings and get the attention of those that have capital? I don't know. Maybe, and the answer to that might be different here in Kansas City than it would say in, in Silicon Valley, yeah. right? Yeah, we always say that investors are looking at the jockey or the horse. Right. Sometimes both. But I mean, I, I know for a fact, like, I mean, me getting a meeting with someone now compared to 10 years ago is a completely different story. I know it is for you too. Right. I mean, I, I think either way, I'd I'd rather I'd rather bet on the jockey, regardless of their age, that has experience in the industry that they're trying to solve a problem in and they understand the problem you know, all that side of it. Um, so, so what's the difference between, all right, so we talk about software a lot. And, you know, for those of you that have startups that aren't software, sorry if that's not always topical, but I, I think the the jockey over the horse is oftentimes really valid. Like I, I can just tell when certain people have, you know, I mentor a few people here and there and you've met some of these folks and they have a different 
mindset. They have a different level of drive or understanding of things that are going on. You know, one of, uh, I look back at um, our podcast guests, like Ben Jackson at Bungie. Right. I mean, Ben's, I could maybe be his dad. I'd probably be biologically old. old enough to do yeah. that. But, you know, we look back and we talk to guys like Ben and, and there's a level of understanding, drive and experience that seems to be developed over a very short yeah. time frame. Yeah. So another good example of this is uh, my friend Alex, who has done a bunch of different entrepreneurial things, but he most recently opened up the selfie boutique. Yeah. And it was actually highlighted on CBS uh, Sunday morning show this weekend, which is really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Talk about getting a lot of press. So it's just a, it's a local place here in, in Kansas City. It's moved around three or four locations, um, but it's just a place to go take selfies with like cool backgrounds and stuff. You know, I saw your pictures yeah. on Saturday. It's just a really cool little idea. It's not high tech to your point. It's, a, it's, right. it's not a technology play, although it does play on the whole selfie side of things. And uh, he's just a smart guy. Uh, excellent entrepreneur, and he's the kind of jockey you would bet on. Just because he, get, he, he gets just it. gets it. Yeah, as an yeah. entrepreneur, and, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure if that is experience. I mean, I think it's fair to say some people just get it. It's just in their DNA. So, but, but like earlier, we we're talking about people that are leaders, and so I always say this about my son. My son's eight years old, and he's a a natural born leader. And so, for example, when he plays soccer, he wants to tell everybody what to do. But he's also the worst soccer player on the team. So but just is be- he? Is he though? <laughs> he is. He's I mean, terrible. He's he the- doesn't want to run. He's always late to the to the ball. <laughs> like he, he kicks the ball out of bounds every time. But is he providing leadership? Because if he is, and that's valuable, he's probably not the worst on the team. Maybe he should be the coach and off the field. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But the point is, some people that are natural born leaders also aren't necessarily the right leaders. Right? Yeah. I think that, you know, uh, leadership is one of those things that, um, it's difficult to teach. Mm-hmm. It, you, you have some of the traits, like if you're, if you're highly, if you're really introverted, leadership might be a challenge for you because it's an outward and a vocal thing in most situations. Now, granted, there are some cases where that's not a requirement and you can be a silent leader. Right. However, it's, it, comes from, you know, it starts with being outward and being able to deliver messages, oftentimes ones that aren't pleasant. Right. You know, and I, and, and that, that's one of the hardest things is, is being able to, I think as a leader, you have to quickly learn how to understand who you need to push and who you need to pull and sometimes who you need to get off the boat. Yeah. As well. And that's a challenge too. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have a difficult, uh, time with, you know, it, when I look back at my own professional history, I didn't really start making money until I really got after leadership. And like, I, I literally can look back and it was in my late twenties. And, you know, for the couple years before that, I spent a lot of time studying sales. I was like, man, if I can just sell more stuff, I can make more money. Then I realized, well, that's got a cap. It's about who can lead the leaders. All right. So you said your son at eight is a leader, maybe not an athlete. Not an athlete. If you had to look back at yourself and go back and give yourself a little advice, oh my God, I might need like a whole 10 series episode to give my younger self <laughs> the advice that I need. And, you know, I mean, what, what would you tell yourself? Oh, not to be an asshole. I have the same problem eight year old does. I think I was 
just kind of an asshole to people in school. Okay. But we weren't talking about school. We're talking about, did that lead up to business? Um, man, I think trying to, I, I think the biggest mistake I made has always been being too involved in the programming and the code side of it. And that I can provide more value helping make other people productive doing that than doing it myself. Okay. I can, I can, I can put fuel on the fire instead of trying to do the work. Okay. So that's why I tried to, I try to be fuel on the fire. I think that's something we hear a lot from people is, you know, um, either they're them critiquing themselves and saying, I need to let more of this go. You know, all you can do is all you can do. So I mean, instead of me writing all the code, I should have hired five developers from full scale, (laughs) right. And put them to work and made them, you know, really effective would we can, have been way we, better we can make that happen after the uh, after this episode if you want i know i already you know, got a bunch of that's what we do i <laughs> i think if i had to go back and give my younger self some advice i would i would let myself know that effort can trump education um and i say that because you know as i stayed on the first uh, page of my book million dollar bedroom um i've been to five colleges and now i'm a junior and it doesn't mean that i haven't become educated because I, it, I, I feel that I have, but I had to teach myself a lot of it. The, um, the structure of, of modern education wasn't always for me. I was like an A or a D kind of student. And the A's were the classes that I was interested in. And the D's were the ones I didn't give a shit about. And because of that, um, you know, we kind of shove ourselves through school and, and we tell ourselves that the best students are always going to be the winners. And I don't think that's the case. You know, you look at, go back to this list of, of some of the more popular startups. Um, I'm not sure. Did Zuckerberg finish school? I don't know. He may have. I, I don't I mean, I stopped going Ga- to school halfway through. Right, right. Gates dropped out. Yeah. I think Jobs did too. I mean, I always say I went to college to get a job. Yeah, I went no, called I for like a year yeah. or two and then got a job. So, Well, I went back as an adult and actually got into a top 10 business school. I learned a lot of stuff there. But then I started the business that I you know, talk all about in Million Dollar Bedroom. And I had to make a choice. Right. And I did that. You know, Here I am. I was in this junior year and I was probably a year and a half away from finishing. But one was going to suffer. You know, We always say if you, uh, when you choose one thing, you're not choosing another. So... You know, I had to, I was coming into the toughest years of that, you know, of the, of the school, of that whole process, but I was there to learn how to start a business and do something better. So, you know, I don't know, I, at this point I'm holding out for an honorary degree, maybe one from the university of Cebu. <laughs> um, I want to be a webmaster. I, yeah, I do. I still think that's pretty awesome that that's their, uh, that's their, uh, mascot. So, you know, along the way especially when you're young, you get some people that are going to tell you your ideas aren't that great. Did you ever, did you have, I I always look back at, at several businesses or things that I've done and I can, I can still to this day call out the haters. You know, I remember when I wanted to drop out of school and that's when I had started the ticket business and I had a couple family members say to me like, Oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? I mean, a couple million dollars in profit later, I didn't feel like I was uh, wrong. Right. Did you, do you, did, when you look back at Ben solutions, anybody ever try to talk you out of that or tell you that it was no good? Or I think some people are just haters. They're just not really geared to the entrepreneur's mindset. And I think that that requires, um, I think that's something that you either have or you don't. 
I think there's definitely people that don't understand the entrepreneurial spirit. They don't understand the risk um, and would rather not do it. I think there's there will always be those people for sure. Did you have people that that were doubters and haters early in that process? I mean, that took off for you pretty quickly. So it might have made sense. I mean, I look back at a lot of the stuff that I did. I mean, even some of the jobs that I had. And uh, I, I remember it's it was actually, you know, so I was 26 and I had just moved to North Carolina and I was still trying to like figure out what I was going to do when I grew up. And I remember uh, I got I got a job at a piano store. You know, I ended up working in that industry for nine years. I made a lot of money doing it, especially considering my age. But I remember at one point, uh, my parents and my ex-wife were like, both said, how are you going to make any money selling this stuff? And I, you know, I looked, but I was looking at the guys that I saw that had worked at the store and you know, some of the other locations that I visited. And, you know, they were all doing pretty well. So I think sometimes you just have to charge through that. And that's, I think as, as a young entrepreneur, um, you know, be careful who you get advice from, not, not necessarily who you get advice from. I think getting advice from as many people as possible is a good thing, but you got to kind of sometimes charge through the negativity and figure it out. Well, and I think sometimes it's more subtle. So my, one thing my father-in-law always says to me every time I see him is he always asks, he's like, so is your business making any money yet? Is it? No. (laughs) You know what? I, I, uh, I do. So sometimes it's subtle, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird because I've often, uh, you know, and I probably. I mean, we're making money, but we're not making profit. I don't know right? how to say this. It would, I, I often refer to myself as the brokest rich guy I know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've kind of been that way for like a decade. And I don't know. I think that that's that. Uh, I have that entrepreneurial push that makes me want to just keep dumping it right back in. I mean, at some point, you got to, that's got to stop. Um, you know, fortunately, the earlier years of my life let me build up enough for that. So to get through some of the uh, non paycheck years, as we could say. So do you think when you look at youth, do you think intelligence or do you think about something else? Because when I think if you have to picture intelligence, I kind of picture that like, maybe 50 year old guy with some gray hair and a sweater vest and some glasses hanging from a chain around his neck. I don't think like a 23 year old. That's how kid. you dress. That is actually is not how I dress. <laughs> I kind of wish I, it was. I, I kind of, I guess what I think of more than anything, when I think of the 20 to 25 year old who wants to start a business, I think of the optimism. That'd I think be, that's what I think of. Okay. I think that's fair too. Like, and, and you know, that, that can be a plus and a minus. Um, cause you feel bulletproof. I think one of the things when it comes to, uh, um, hiring or partnering or backing, I always want to know about someone's failure. Um, because that failure can mold. That's a, that's the experience I'm looking for. Right. And the reason why is because until you've really been kicked in the gut and then kicked again and kicked again and kicked again, it's kind of hard to, you know, feel like anything you're going to do might be wrong or have consequences. And sometimes in certain businesses that can be fatal, but at the same time, that optimism definitely keeps you going. I mean, I, you know, there's some people in my life that can be negative and they always want to point out how something's not going to work or whatever. Right. But I'm, I think I've always been kind of the eternal optimist. I, I tell you this all the time. Like, I feel like I work in the ER room, like, yep. so I said, the server's down. Okay, well, whatever, let's fix it. What do we got to do? Right. Like, and you just keep going. 
Yeah, I think, we both, I think that, we both kind of embrace that. It's just my personality of like, oh, the building's on fire. What are we going to do? Let's go. We'll figure it out. What are For we going to do? That's an experience thing, though, because maybe 10 years ago, something like, you know, just whatever. Or you look at a, um, you know, a small loss, something that might have, you know, equated to a three or four hundred dollar loss and whatever. So you got a fine or a penalty or just something. Occurred, right. Sure. You know? And, and, you know, 10 years ago, I might've been upset about that. Now I'm more like you. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, not much we can do about it now. Let's keep going. Um, you know, we can spend a lot of time talking about how terrible this was, or we can get to work, move forward, try to prevent it happening again. So, well, you got any more advice on this topic? Cause I feel a lot younger now. And the important thing is actually for the next 11 months, you are one year closer to being as old as me. I just want to know if I'm getting so old, when do I have to not work so hard? I think it's self-inflicted, buddy. Just part of being an entrepreneur. Maybe. I mean, you signed up for most of this. I know. We should start another business. Dude, we probably <laughs> will. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's it's funny because I really do come into every year and I say, you know what, this is gonna be the year that I simplify stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna just focus on three things, which is maybe too too many according to some people. But yeah, I mean I like to I think we should start like eight or nine more businesses. I think we are next week, aren't we? Probably. Okay. Are you supposed to be talking about that nope. yet? Mm-mm. Well, we'll get into that sooner, but all right. Well, you know, I just, I did the math. Um, we're 80 together. Yeah, that's right. Does that mean we get to retire? We're no longer a prime. That's true. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you know, speaking about prime, uh, you know, we recorded an episode without you. That's right. And the last one with Andrew Morgan's prime day is coming up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Amazon prime day. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Andrew's continuing to, show up and drop some knowledge about Amazon. I still, uh, he, one of the things I thought was really interesting, uh, 43% of e-commerce is Amazon. That's insane. I know that's a prime number. It is. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to get back to work cause I got two more years before I truly hit my peak. So I want to do the best I can to like really kind of ramp up into that. Are you working out? Yeah. Yeah. I got up at about five this morning and didn't work out. <laughs> Did you? You're on a new. I, I saw you're on a new diet. I am on a new diet, oh, and I get up every morning and jog my memory. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, I was as I was riding to work today. I was I say riding, so I was driving to work today. I was saw all these people jogging, and there was some girl running down the sidewalk, and I started thinking, like, I bet I could go about 20 yards at that pace, <laughs> and I have to stop. So maybe I do need to do something about it. But you know why I don't lift weights? Because it's a lot of work because they're heavy. Yeah, I agree. So well, anyway, I'm going to get back to work and do a little of the heavy lifting that you'd apparently don't want to <laughs> do. So I'll see you next time, Matt. All right. See you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of startup hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on startup hustle.